Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tats Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Trey Thomas. He's the president and COO at Hill Electric Company. So Trey, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Glad to be here. Yeah, so I'm happy that Angela connected us. She has that uh, Women Talk uh, Construction, you know, podcast uh, uh, going. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to learn about your background. You started, I guess, in electrical engineering, so it's it's kind of you've had a very consistent path, you know, being in uh, the position you're in with the business. I have, yeah. I mean, I went to uh, Clemson and. You know, you do general engineering, trying to figure out where you want to go. And my neighbor, who happened to be one of the owners of Hill, you know, said, hey, you want to come work in the summer? So I was working at the golf course one day a week, being a car boy. And I was like, well, you know, going to college would be better better having 40, 50 hours a week of pay versus one day at the golf course. So <laughs> came to work that summer when I graduated um, before freshman year and took the general engineer and was you know, always decide between mechanical and electrical. And so after the first year, I enjoyed doing that, working, working my, my summer. So end up, end up choosing electrical and use about 5% of what I learned. You know, if that, you know, I guess it's like, <laughs> no, we're going to talk about that, but, and, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, just touch on golf seems like a passion of yours. It looks like it was a, it, you know, your high school days as well. Was that, is that the case? Yeah, so I played golf and ran cross country in high school. But yeah, golf, you know, obviously in the business world, there's a lot of a lot of charity tournaments. That's about all I get to play is is charity golf nowadays. I got a little little boy and little girl, six and three. So he's he's almost or he's pretty much now. So this summer, you know, more of an excuse to get out of the house than to uh, tell the wife I'll be gone for five hours to go play golf on the weekend. Already gone enough during the week. So at least now I can take take him with us and maybe, maybe our daughter too. Sure. So Rope I mean, them in, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now you started as an intern. You're the president and COO now. Not many people stick with one company and also move up the ranks like that. I mean, how was that process? Yeah. So, you know, I worked my summers through college and then came, you know, full-time in 2010 and, did estimating some project management for, you know, I guess I technically still do that to a degree, but for about five years, six years. And then, you know, just like everything else, sometimes it takes a little look of how events fall. Opportunity came to become vice president. And so an opportunity to buy in the company then also. So that was a, a big plus, you know, something I didn't see for another five or 10 years after that, you know, some things just happened and, that's the way I've always been, I guess, raised is, yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to change companies, look elsewhere, but I've always been invested in, in what I do and who I work with. And, you know, as long as you're treated well, then, you know, I feel like there's some loyalty between the employee and the company. You know, that, that's, that's a lot of us lost these days. I feel like that, you know, the corporations are just a number and that kind of gets pushed down to small businesses. To a degree, and some small businesses run it like that. But we treat all our guys fairly. 
you know, listen to them, work with them as much as we can. And that, that's what I've always loved about this company is you have that freedom to do that, you know, that you can make a little exceptions here or there for some circumstances for guys and take care of them. Um, and that's, you know, since we've been able to do that, it's uh, something I, I continue as, you know, being president, you know, allowing that and trying to help out the guys as much as we can. Yeah, for sure. Now, is that something you learned within the company or did you do a whole bunch of different personal development, which sort of helped round out your experience in that? So, yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, we've done Dale Carnegie, various people in the company. A lot of our foremen did about five, six years ago. And then we've also had the the Chamber of Commerce does a, a leadership Anderson class that does, you know, it's a year long thing once a month that you, you go out and see various things through community. And, you know, they do some disc profiles and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of that was in a fraternity in college. So you got a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, I was in some of the the executive council. So got some of that of trying to control college students like myself, which is always an interesting uh, task, which, you know, sometimes it's like that in the real world too. But yeah, so I, I would say it's a culmination of things of, you know, it could be the guy I work for the golf pro, the golf course, you know, but it's just kind of how you're raised and, and how you're, I don't know if you want to call it, like how organized and you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of have that to a degree. You can't just fly by the seat of your pants. That's part of it is, is just working hard, you know, not afraid to grab the broom and sweep. You know, some guys may say, well, that's not my job or I'm not sweeping. I'm an electrician, you know, and I, I don't mind having a clean workplace because one is safer and two, you know, it helps people find things easier, you know, but, but it's just little things like that, that you gotta, make sure you're always not up here at the top, you know, that you can be down there with the guys and relate to them and listen to them. I think yeah. that's a big part of it. For sure. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you learned some things as you were going through school and then you used 5% of it. What was the other 95%? Some of the things that you learned as you were going through, you know, the different levels in the company. Yeah. So, you know, obviously in electrical engineering, you know, our, what we do electrical contracting side, you know, it's power, it's your circuits, it's some signals, but obviously you learn a whole bunch of other things, electromagnetics and waves and probability. And you know, there, there's a whole gambit of other, other things that you learn because it, it gives you the prospect from, you know, it doesn't know if you're going to go be a researcher or if you're going to work for a company and do, you know, design of machines, you know, so it gives you that broad, broad range to, I guess, see what you want to do. But yeah, yeah, what, what we do in the, in the contractor world, you know, we're not necessarily designing stuff. So it's, you know, it's useful to know the theory behind it when an issue arises, but on the day to day, you know, you don't use a whole lot of what you, uh, what you learned, you know, it's, it's pulled out of the hat every now and then, but, uh, it's not an everyday thing. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, you know, just as you bring in team members from that, did you develop a way to onboard them? Because sometimes, you know, when you cut, you come in, maybe you don't know everything that you need to know, or you, you have some ideas on how things should work and the real world shows up. So do you have ways that you could sort of onboard people? Yeah. So that's, that's one thing nowadays, you know, labor is a uh, tough thing to find, you know, it's, it's where, where did everybody go after COVID? or during COVID. But yeah, one thing we've done is when new hires are hired is uh, we have what we call Coop U, but Vance Cooper, he's been here a long time. And 
it'll take them through a couple of Fridays through the first couple of months and, you know, teach them basic material, bending conduit, threading conduit. You know, so sometimes you get that depending on what job you're on. You know, you may could have that one-on-one time. Other times you could be changing out lights and you don't get that development. So that's one thing that we try to do is help out and, and have these little courses. You know, it's, it's investing in the employee. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people changing jobs. Like you say that it happens, you know, but I believe there's a quote out there that says, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, not investing in an employee and you have an untrained employee, you know, eight years later because you didn't want to spend the money, you know, if they're still there. So it's, yeah, that's that's one thing we view is, yeah, we may lose some, but knowing that you're advancing guys, giving them opportunity to make a better living, yeah, that's one thing we believe in is, you know, teach them, make them, you know, where they they understand it, they can grow, they can teach others, you know, and eventually, it, you know, it'll cycle back around. But yeah, you'll lose some, but most of the time you win. So, yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, I look on your. Uh... LinkedIn profile. And I don't want to give this out too much, but you have your email and your phone number. It feels like on your profile. Is that deliberate? I mean, that's one thing. I mean, Angela, you know, being our, our business developed person, you know, she helped with the LinkedIn, but for the line of work we do, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to be able to, to be able to call, pick up the phone. You know, thankfully, knock on wood, we don't get too many spam calls. You get the emails and stuff, but but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good to be able to be reachable because you know, a lot of people surf the web, look on the web, and they just want to click and send an email or send a text or, yeah, old schools, pick up the phone and call. But yeah, I think it's it's good to be able to be, you know, reachable by anybody, employees, customers, vendors, that, you know, it's not a, not a negative to have a lot of vendor phone calls. You can tell them no, but you never know. One vendor may, you know, have this, this golden egg that, hey, no one else has picked up the phone and talked to them and, Maybe there's some new product or some way to save, you know, efficiency in the field. And I mean, you, you just never know. So. Yeah, for sure. Now you talked about vendors with innovative products, but I mean, how do you view a vendor that's doing a good job? What, what sort of characteristics come to mind with a vendor or partner that you work well with? So vendors are obviously a key part of what we do. And, you know, everybody says the C word, but. Yeah, that, that's wrecked havoc in the logistics supply chain. So having a good relationship to where when you order the material, you know, you, you feel confident that, you know, what the delivery date is and, you know, they're, they're only telling you what the manufacturer tells them, but knowing that that vendor is going to follow up and give you the honest answer, you know, same way with us as a customer or to our customers is you want to be upfront, but like, Hey, we're not going to have that done in time or, yeah, we screwed up here, you know, to be honest, because it'll pay dividends down the road, maybe painful then, but yeah, the vendors is, it is really the honesty, loyalty, you know, it's just knowing, Hey, you're not going to be the only vendor, but you know, we, we got a couple of key vendors that we buy most of our materials through and, and they know it. And yeah, they're picking up the phone when you call. I mean, cause that's, that's the other big thing is you get a customer has got to blow up or something like that in the middle of the night. And you want to give Brian a call, Brian doesn't answer because he's like, uh, I don't know what he wants. You know, you want to be able to have him pick up the phone and say, hey, man, we need cable tray. We need wire. We need, you know, you mind coming and open it up. So having that relationship that we can go in, get that material, you know, and get the customer back up and running or whatever it may be. But I think that's a key thing is to 
to have that respect, that loyalty, you know, that trust, you know, both ways. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, I, I don't know the uh, electrical contracting business too much, but I know that there it's, it's regionalized in terms of customer service and response and footprint. I mean, what's, what's an effective area for what you're doing? Cause I, I get the feeling that you're not trying to expand everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of contractors that, that travel. We don't necessarily travel. We got a customer that's, you know, in the area and they got a plan outside, you know, of our typical hour and a half. That's kind of what we do because our guys can travel there and get back that, you know, hour and a half is a long, long travel time both ways. But yeah, that hour, 15 to hour and a half is kind of what we stick to. But, you know, if a customer has got some equipment or something that they're installing another plant that we have done here. You know, they may ask us to quote just because of the familiarity. They may not have a contractor they trust up there to put their, you know, process equipment in. So, you know, typically don't, we don't go for a year. You know, it may be a one month, two month, three month project, something like that, that we may have two, four, six guys. You know, so anything kind of over that we don't necessarily do because that's what our guys are accustomed to is, yeah, they work. They work a lot of hours, work a lot of weekends, but they're home every night. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's, that's a big thing for some people. You know, some people are used to being living in a hotel for six months at a time, coming home once a month, maybe once every two months. But that's what we, uh, you know, we want to provide a quality of life for our employees and their families. You know, so that, that's part of it is being able to, to choose which jobs you have because, yeah, you can take out of town work. Yeah, but then are you going to end up losing people? Or are you going to end up messing up their family life, home life? So that's something we always are cautious of and make sure we got, you know, somebody that can fill the role before we quote it and get it and then say, all right, who wants to go? Yeah, yeah. Checking beforehand communication, right? Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a big part because you could tell somebody to go, but that may not uh, bode too well for you down the road. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, in the industry, what sort of innovations or new things are interesting or what sort of changes that are you pushing for within your industry? So I think over the last five years or so, battery tools, you know, if you want to look at that way of porta ponies, threaders, you know, even core drills, concrete saws, but just, just the wide variety of wide range, I guess, of battery operated tools that that now can be operated by a battery. That's, that's been a game changer as far as, you know, of course, 10, 12 years ago when it kind of came widespread, but over the last five years or so, it's, it's really taken off of the, the bigger tools, the pipe threaders, that kind of stuff that you can have on a remote job site and I have to have a generator. You can have a shutdown or something when you're, when you're working, you don't have to worry about bringing all the loud generators in, run a bunch of drop cords, you know, you got battery lights, you got battery drills, of course you've had, but battery fans that you can, you can do a lot of our work now where you can run off batteries and maybe have one generator inverter rated outside to charge them during the day versus having to have a bunch of drop cords on the floor. So, you know, it's not only a safety thing, but also efficiency of being able to take those tools any, anywhere you want to. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of how people find you. I mean, what the company like yours in terms of marketing strategy, get, getting the word out, the company's obviously been around a long time, but how do you think about that in terms of, you know, marketing and stuff like that? So Angela, you know, she's been with us for 
it's be four years in October, so three and a half. But yeah, that was that was part of it. That our previous market strategy, we'd had some marketing people here and there, nothing really consistent, or probably more than six months. But it was just based on the relationships we'd driven. I mean, had built, and then those guys leave and go to another plant. That was a lot of our marketing. Was <laughs> as long as somebody quit and went somewhere else, so we we would get into that plant. But yeah, that that's one thing we've realized is is getting on the social media getting out there, putting blogs out there. You know, obviously it's all about clicks, how much you post. That's been a, a real big plus for us having Angela. She's, you know, rebuilt the website, the blogs, it's the, you know, the, the publicity side of it that we're, we've never been one for that. You know, we've always wanted to do the job, do a good job. Well, people know that we get to do a good job and not publicize it. You know, I guess it's kind of that humble look inside to it, but at some point you kind of had to toot your own horn a little bit, make people aware of it so that you can, you know, continue to grow and, and find those new opportunities. But that, that's what we expanded to and, and brought Angela in for is to, to get that LinkedIn, Facebook. I don't think she's quite got TikTok going, but, uh, <laughs> but, but get, get that side, the blogs, you know, get those clicks out there and, you know, she's done, something called power and partnership. I think we're a year, maybe a little over a year, somewhere right around a year where we've kicked, you know, got our key vendors or customers, something like that, to where we do a little lunch and do a little, little post on why they're a partnership for us and what that brings for both of us. So that's been a pretty well recepted and, you know, shared, shared thing that, you know, it gets, our visibility out there it also gets, you know, the either the supplier, the customer, you know, some some form of vendor of ours that we we have a partnership with, you know, whether it's a Caterpillar Generators or Sunbelt, or it could be one of our GCs that we work with or material supplier. So that's been a uh, a good good thing that Angela started. Wonderful. Is there anything that I didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. I mean, the you know the the career, the electrical career, or you want to say trades career. Yeah. You know, I think that's one thing that's it's starting to come back. You know, obviously pay, pay scale has gone up a lot because it's a, a hard thing to find a good young guy out of college or gal. You know, we have a couple of girls that work for us, but uh, it's getting into the trades and realize that, you know, you can go straight out of high school. If you go to a, a career center or something like that, that they have around here. So in high school, you can learn the basics of it but then graduate and go straight to work that you can make a decent, decent living doing that. Plus going to college four years and working for four years, you're, you're probably going to be close to making the same thing that that person did out of college. And you don't have a hundred thousand dollars in debt, you know, unless you got scholarships. So it's, it's one of those that, you know, I think it's, you know, opportunity for a lot of people that think the trades maybe you know, dirty or you don't make enough money or just a typical construction worker that, you know, you, you had the opportunity to do that. And I mean, who knows, you rise up to a superintendent, project manager, you know, maybe get the opportunity to be vice president or buy into the company one day or start your own. You know, you may have that ambition. So I think that's one thing that I would always encourage the, the high schoolers to say, you don't necessarily have to go to college. College is good. But don't be afraid to, you know, look at a, a trade, a plumber, you know, electrician, you know, whatever it may be. So that's that's my two cents on that. Great. Well, Trey, thank you so much for sharing your story. 
Thank you, Tess. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.